Hi, this is Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith with the National Police Association, and this is a special edition of the NPA report at CPAC Texas 2022. We are here on day two, and we have been having a fantastic time speaking to so many law enforcement supporting patriots. We have political candidates, we have uh, Americans who just love their law enforcement, and we've even been able to speak to some law enforcement officers and law enforcement leaders and law enforcement supporting media people, which is always fantastic to do. Now, my first guest today is Angela Grabowski, and oh, she is running in Indianapolis, Indiana for the 7th Congressional District. Yes. And she is really concerned with, if you're not familiar with Indianapolis, Indiana, they, like so many other big Democrat-run cities in the country, have a terrible crime problem, and it's getting worse every day. So let's talk about that. Oh, what are we gonna, where are we gonna start? So it's very startling to see that Indianapolis is the second uh, in the United States in the amount of uh, murders per capita after Philadelphia. See, and I, don't, I don't think people know that. And even Chicago is yes. behind Indianapolis. So I came to Indianapolis in 1989. I've immigrated with my family from the former Soviet Union. So we came to America because we knew that this is the land of the rules, the land of the law. And if you figure out what the rules are, you can live a very happy life. And it seems like over the last 30 years, people have just been breaking the rules, disregarding their authority. And it starts in the family. It starts at church. It's, it's everywhere. And uh, the crime is getting to the point where people are afraid to get on the streets. We were affected by the riots two years ago. Most of the businesses in Indianapolis, uh, downtown, are still not functioning. So it's very difficult to bring that local economy back. Businesses are closing. People are losing their jobs. And it's a vicious circle. It's just a cycle that nobody seems to be able to break. And when you think about it, the Indianapolis area, and this is Marion County, it has been run by Democrats for a very long time. And what I see right now, because of the crime, even the church leaders beginning to question whether or not this is the right leadership. You keep doing the same thing over and over again, what do you expect to happen? We have uh, a very, very liberal prosecutor in Indianapolis. Uh, he lets everybody go. Indianapolis, and this is great statistics if nobody knows, uh, is number one in the world in the amount of ankle bracelets. Not, not the United States, the world. <laughs> so somebody is making money and monitoring uh, all of these criminals on the streets. They come back, they do the same thing, and uh, there is just no stop to it. So everybody in Marion County, in Indianapolis, will have a chance in November to decide whether they want to continue with the same leadership or they want to elect a Republican prosecutor, they want to elect a Republican uh, U.S. Congress representatives who are going to be fighting for the safety and security on our streets from the federal level down to the city level.
See, and that's one of the things I don't think people understand. The, the police can arrest all the criminals in the world, yep. but if there's nobody there to prosecute them, we are not going to handle the crime issue. And the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department, we know them well, very professional organization, Absolutely. very diverse organization. But when you have that woke prosecutor that you have in Marion County, people are getting arrested over and over and over again by law enforcement and the, the, they're not they're getting right out you know you have bail reform you have all that and like so and law the, enforcement you know. is very frustrating yes ma'am i have been attending impd meetings on a regular basis they're trying to involve the community but community is not hearing what the IMPD wants to say. They want to get them all together to explain what resources are available. And there are a lot of resources that are being spent. Uh, I don't think Indianapolis went too far in defunding the police, but this is where we need to spend a lot of money. This is where we need to bring the money from the federal and local levels to educate the policemen, to give them the tool to deal with all of this pain that is happening around them. And in that area, pain is real, uh, and it's a multi-generational poverty. So po police officers don't go to school to be psychologists, you know, but they have to deal with family drama on a daily basis. Uh, statistically speaking, 90% of all of the murders and all of the crime in Indianapolis area is between the people who know each other. People yes. cannot deal with everyday problems. They're not getting the right education in school. They're not getting the right coping skills. And then they take it upon each other. So th this has to stop. You know, when you're talking about prevention, it has to start with the family. It has to start in school. So we can't tell the six-year-olds to disregard the police. Police is the authority, and they have to regard the authority, whether it's their parents, police, teachers. Authority is very important, and it's been forgotten and misplaced. So when we start teaching our children that we are a nation of laws and we have somebody who is watching over us and protecting us and putting their lives on the line, they're number one. They're number one. We need to train them. We need to pay them well. We need to make sure that they, uh, that police officers who are there every day are protected and respected by all of us. I'll tell you what, you just, first of all, you made my day. Yeah. And I hope that the citizens of Marion County and, and I hope the law enforcement supporters in Indiana get behind you. They need to get behind Cindy Carrasco for prosecutor. They need to get behind me. They can check my campaign out at angelaforindiana.com. We are there behind our police officers. We are there behind our citizens. We all need to work together. That way we can decrease the crime and make America a much better country than what it is right now. Angela, thanks so Thank much you. for spending time with us at CPAC. And Thank I you. look forward to following your campaign. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, I am here with a really interesting woman, Carmen Montiel. She is running for the uh, District 18 in Texas. For Congress, who are you running against? I'm running against Sheila Jackson Lee. Right. She is one of the most anti-police 
political candidates in this country. It so, is. Carmen, we, we have so much to talk about. Um, first and foremost, let's talk about what's happening in Houston with with crime, with the vilification of the police, um, and with woke prosecutors who don't seem to want to do their job. Well, let me tell you, sadly, Houston today is competing with Chicago in the number one position in crime, something we should not be proud of at all. I, when I moved to Houston in 31, it was a safe city. We were recognized nationwide because the mayor we had at the time actually corrected crime. And now we're back there. And it's because, well, vilification of the police, the police force, many people are retiring. You know, how can they feel that they can protect us when actually they're gonna be punished if they apply the law and do what they are supposed to do and we're paying them to do, which is protecting us against crime. The other problem is we had a bond reform in Houston. And with that, all the judges are letting criminals out. It doesn't matter if they get arrested 10 times, they are gonna be let out 10 times to continue, you know, uh, infringing into the freedom and our rights with their crimes. And that's a major problem I'm worried right now. I have three children. My girls are 26 and 23. My son is 17. Every time they go out, I'm worried about my children Absolutely. because it's becoming a major issue. And if you add to these old woke, you know, judges and commissioners court, we are the problem with the border. And Houston, we are, you know, a border town. We're very near the border, five hours. That is also adding to the crime problem in the city, and not to mention the increasing homelessness. So we are heading to a bad place in which we're not only going to compete with Chicago, we're going to compete with Detroit. And that's very bad. We need to fight that. And my district is inside Houston. Downtown Medical Center expands to the east and west and the north side of the Beltway 8. And I tell people that my plan is to take back our cities one district at a time. How is it that all our cities, you know, you see Texas is red, but the cities are blue. How is that happening? And when you talk to people inside the city, most of the people are conservative, but we need to fight. We need to get our cities back. And when we save our cities, we make sure we will save our country. Now you have a unique perspective as an immigrant, and you have seen what a lack of freedom oh, does yes. to a population. Talk about that for a minute. Well, I was born and raised in Venezuela. I came here in 1988 as a student to further my education. And I was in North Carolina and Tennessee, and I moved to Houston 31 years ago. And from here, I saw how Venezuela was lost to communism. And, uh, and it affected all of my family. My parents have to leave. My siblings have to be, live. Most of my family nowadays were spread around the world. I became a citizen 20 years ago. And I grew up in a, in a town, Maracaibo, in a state that is just like Texas. I would tell people it's about oil and cows. And we were also a border uh, state and town. And Texas is for me like a, like a second home. So one of the things that happened in Venezuela with the regime, that's how we call it, they don't come and take your arms right away. I'm a completely a pro-Second Amendment because I grew up with guns. My dad had guns and he was very responsible and taught us 
to respect guns. You have to teach your children, okay? But what they, they started with regulation. We need one regulation. And within a year or two, more regulation. They just don't come and take your gun. They start regulating it. And little by little, you, you lose that right until you forget you ever had that right. Mm -hmm. And at the end, in 2018, they finally passed a law where guns were completely forbidden from citizens to use. And that's what I don't believe in any new regulation because we all know regulations are there, laws are there, but they are not applying them. And I think your opponent wants more and more gun control, oh, yes. am I correct? But she wants more gun control because all Democrats at the end of the day, they want to take our guns. They want to take away that right. And so imagine how can this work like they're going to take our guns and they're also vilifying the police. So they vilify police. We don't have a police force to protect us. And then they're taking our guns away. How is that going to work? Who is going to defend us? You know? Exactly. And, and you know, I, I tell you, you're part of this contingent I, that I'm seeing politically of moms yes. who are worried about your kids, thinking to the future about grandkids. So what made you decide to run for office? Well, I always tell people I lost the country and I don't want to lose another one. I refuse to lose another one. And this is the country where my children were born. This is the future of my children. I want my children to have the American dream. I want my children to thrive in society. And if we keep on going down the, the socialist path, my children, your children, our grandchildren are not going to have future. Because in Venezuela, that's all gone. Everybody has to live. And where are we going to go if we lose this country? There is no other place to go. This is it. And people say this country is not perfect. No, nothing is perfect. But still, this is the greatest nation in the world. Amen. And, you know, and I see, for, for example, in my district, what had been happening in my district, in all the cities, is this representative hold their small communist experiments in the districts. And that's how the people have got even more poor in my district. The crime has us right. Their education is not giving, you know, anything to prepare the kids to work in the future. I'm a, I'm a major uh, supporter of trade education. I want the children to graduate from high school already with a trade, when they can graduate from high school already with a $60,000 job without a debt. Okay, and the media income in my district is 46,000. I'm already improving the income on the people. We have, you know, opportunity zones in our district. Have my opponent brought any opportunity to the district? No, and that's my plan to improve the life of everybody in my district because it'll be for my children and everybody's children. We are all part of that community and we need to improve it. Where can people find more about your uh, more about your candidacy? Where can they find you on social media? Where do they go? So go to my page. It's CarmenForCongress.com with a F-O-R. CarmenForCongress.com. You can find me on social media, Instagram, CarmenForCongress.com. Facebook, CarmenForCongress.com. Twitter is the only one that is Carmen with a number four, Congress.com. You can find me everywhere. Thank you. I'm here now at CPAC in Texas, and I am with Keith Swank. He is running for Congress in the 10th Congressional District in Washington State. And we have been discussing law enforcement issues that are 
not only important to Washington State, but really to the entire country. And uh, you're a veteran of law enforcement, and what made you decide to run for office? Well, that's a good question. I'm, I'm a veteran of the Army, and I've been a cop for 32 years, so I've been wearing a uniform my entire adult life defending America, and that's what I want to do in Washington, D.C., is continue on with that, retire from law enforcement, and I'm, I'm running to save America, like I've been working to save America. That's awesome. Saving America, one citizen at a time, right? So let's talk about what you have going on in the 10th District and in the state of Washington. Seattle is bleeding police officers. There's a, whole, a, a horrible homeless problem, a crime problem, um, and frankly, a lot of woke policies that are affecting the safety and the quality of life in and around uh, the Seattle area. What can you do about that? What do you want to do about that? Well, I believe that law enforcement is local, right? But as Washington, D.C., one of the things we need there is have police officers who have the experience and know what it takes to keep our community safe. And I know that. But the biggest thing for us in Congress is to make sure we secure our southern border because of all the drugs coming across the border. Fentanyl's being made in China and comes across our southern border and kills our American citizens. 107,000 people died last year, the most ever. So many people that it's lowered our life expectancy in America for the first time in decades. So that's what we can do at the federal level. And also, I can be an advocate for law enforcement and teach people that what you do to make a community safe is put bad people in jail and keep them there. So that's one of the things I want to talk about because, you know, the police can arrest every criminal uh, on the planet. And if there's no one there to prosecute them, they go free. They don't, they're not punished. What do we do about that at, at a state and also at a federal level? The problem about this is in blue cities, they elect prosecutors who are Democrats, and they're already soft on crime. They are in cahoots with the public defenders already. And that's what's been going on in all these cities. So they're letting people out, and they're completely, as you said earlier, woke about everything, right? So we need to let people out. We have to have equity instead of equality, all this stuff. And we have to make sure we have equal representation of every race in prison. And if a race is represented too much, we got to release them. So they're completely out of touch with the American people. And in the 10th congressional district in Washington state, crime's at the highest it's ever been. And I've been a cop for 32 years. And that's just so extraordinary. And I, and I know that, that in Washington state, one of the things that's happened is drugs have been decriminalized. And what is that doing for the citizens of Washington who are just free to do whatever drugs they want? How has that worked out? Uh, it's called the Blake decision. Our state Supreme Court ruled nine to nothing to legalize, basically to legalize hardcore drugs, the possession of hard drugs, saying that we need to knowingly, which is an element of the crime, right, have it. Because in the Blake decision, the guy said, I was, these weren't my pants. I didn't know there were drugs in it, right? So they acquitted him of that stuff. Right. I mean, it's, it's ludicrous, it's crazy, but that's what we're dealing with in Washington State and no pursuit policies that we have, no pursuit laws that we have. It's so bad that police officers are living, leaving in droves throughout the whole state. Well, and one of the other contentious issues that we had in Washington State was the mandatory COVID vaccine. And, and there were, uh, you know, there was a state trooper who famously did an exit video from his patrol car and, and left. And the thing with that mandatory uh, jab, if you will, 
is that I believe that that's a, a kind of a soft way to defund the police without saying you're defunding. Because now, as we've seen, the Democrat Party is trying to walk back that defunding of the police. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, my opponent is one of them walking that back. And what happened is Democrats, I believe, in Washington State were for the mandating the jabs because they knew that that would help remove conservative police officers from the forces so that they can have a woke police department throughout the whole state. And they, that's what they're working on. They've been against the military for years and years. When I first came on 32 years ago, it was great to be a veteran of the military and join law enforcement because you had that paramilitary organization there. We don't even have that anymore. I'm a captain. People call me Keith. Can you imagine that happening? I cannot. You're a sergeant. What, they call, what was your first name whenever you were in law enforcement? Sergeant. Sergeant. Like mine should be captain, right? But they're like, hey, Keith, how's it going? And just no. like the whole way everything has changed. And we're not putting people in jail keeping them there. That's our problem. So, Captain, where can people find more about you, your campaign, and your plans for the state of Washington? Well, KeithSwank.com. You can learn a lot about me. I'd like you to follow me on Twitter. It's at Swank, the number four America. I put some good tweets out there, drives the left crazy. So we'd like to follow you there. And then on Facebook too, Keith Swank for America. Thank you so much. Keith, thanks for spending time with us. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. Last year, law enforcement officers were involved in hundreds of thousands of use of force incidents. A use of force incident is when an officer must use nonverbal tactics to gain control of a dangerous situation. Put the knife on the ground. In many cases, officers have no choice but to use force when a suspect doesn't comply with a lawful order. Use of force is always ugly. No one likes it, especially police officers. Together, we can help de-escalate these dangerous encounters. Help police officers by complying with their lawful orders. Don't attack, attempt to disarm, or flee from an officer. Use of force is an officer's last option. Most incidents can be avoided by not resisting arrest. If you feel you've been wrongfully detained by a police officer, then seek a legal solution after the encounter has been resolved. Let's keep everyone safe. Comply now and complain later.